0: Good morning, Gate Church. How is everyone this morning? It's such a privilege and an honor for me to greet and welcome each and every one of you. My name is Jordan Roberts. Uh, I serve on our pastoral team here alongside of my lovely wife, Holly. And um, I don't know where she went. There she is. She's coming down the aisle right there. My goodness. The last time you was coming down the aisle, girl. Shoo right here right here yes ma'am i can i confess can i confess she came through the double doors right there and i was probably about right here i started crying like a baby and i'm supposed to be from the mountains y'all i got a beard had on gator cowboy boots i supposed to be a pretty tough dude and i saw her coming it was bad it was embarrassing and so i'm not telling you that on accident actually the last week we celebrated ten years of marriage Thank you. Thank you. And so you guys know that whenever I have the opportunity to have the microphone, you have to endure some of my uh, personal showings of honor that you may not appreciate, it, but you just have to deal with it because I have the microphone. So here's what I want to say to my lovely wife. I love you. And God blessed my life when he put you in it. And I pray every day that he will teach me how to love you how He loves you. They will never know and they'll never understand the godly woman that I have seen you be behind closed doors. The strength and the compassion that you carry in your heart has changed my life. And it's changed their life even if they don't know it. I love you and I honor you as my wife. Thank you for giving me 10 years. I want all the rest of them too. I love you. Okay. Now, that's my first round of honor. Uh, And if you guys will help me, uh, Pastor Cullen even mentioned it, but I am never going to be silent on this issue. On this issue, I want to honor our senior pastor, Pastor Kathy Miller. Don't clap yet. Don't clap yet. Save it. Got a little bit more there. I'm going to tell you why. That we choose to follow her it's not just because that she's our mother she's our mother-in-law that is a factor of course but we we follow her by choice and we do that because of what you saw on this platform here today it's not just the giftedness that God has given her it's her heart that she values and fears the presence of the Lord above all else That's the kind of leader that I can trust and that I can follow and here's what I want to tell you If you ain't got a church this right here is a really good one And I want to say this it's a great church and we have a great leader And so pastor kathy i'm thinking that you can hear me back there We want to say that we love you and we honor you now hit her with the hand clap You know and how we do things sometimes is a bit unconventional here and so you see uh, different guys, different members of our team that we handle the preaching and the transition and the offerings and I'm going to tell you why we do that just so you can understand is that um, our founding pastor Bishop Tony Miller who went to be with the Lord earlier this year and his wife Pastor Kathy they have a deep conviction in their heart that the house of the Lord is to be more than just a convention center in that in many ways, uh, we're more like a teaching hospital where they make room for the gifts in the house. They make room for us to learn and to grow so that we can be everything that God wants us to be. And so from that place, I want to say to you and to her, I'm deeply honored to be able to share the word with you today. It's a pleasure for me to serve in this house. And so that gives you a little bit of understanding. Thank you, Pastor Kathy, for giving me the opportunity. Now, if you have your Bibles with you today, the Lord has already been doing a tremendous work in the room today. I'm not going to try to outdo him him. You with me? You feeling okay? I'm making sure everybody's okay with that. If you come to see a show, well, guess what? The show has already been here, and that's him, okay? So you can open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 26, verses 36 through 46. uh, Today we're wrapping up. We're putting a bow on, a multi-week sermon series focusing on prayer. Uh, that's something that Pastor Kathy has had in her heart all year, is that that is to be our focus as a house and as a people. And we've been doing that on Sundays and on Wednesday nights. And uh, I'm really privileged to be able to finish out that series today. And so if I had to give this sermon series a title, here's what I would call it. Yes, media team, bear with me. I changed the name. I would call this sermon Grappling in a Garden. Grappling in a garden so here we go in the book of Matthew says this then Jesus came with them speaking of the disciples to a place called Gethsemane and he said to the disciples sit here while I go and pray over there and he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed then he said to them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful even to death. Stay here and watch with me. We know that Jesus is about to go to the cross and that his passion for us and for his Father is being tested. The weight of humanity's sin is bearing down upon him. The scripture says narrow is the path. How you know that Jesus was in a narrow place? When he was in the garden, and he's grappling with being in the narrow place. Verse 39 says, He went a little further, and he fell on his face, and he prayed, saying, Oh, Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. You know what Jesus found? Good help, hard to find. And he said to Peter, what? Could you not watch with me one hour? Just one hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. My daddy would always tell that when I was working with him and I wanted something to eat. <laughs> He'd say, you're going to have to get tough, boy. The spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak. Verse 42 says, Again, a second time, Jesus went away and he prayed, saying, Oh, Father, if this cup can pass from me, that's what I want. But nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And he came and found his disciples sleeping again, for their eyes were heavy. So he left them. He went away again and he prayed a third time, saying the same words. And then he came to his disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping? Behold, the hour's at hand, and the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise and let us go. My betrayer is at hand. Can you pray with me just briefly, church? Lord, I pray that you help me to communicate clearly and accurately what you've laid on my heart. Lord, I humble myself before you, and I put my trust in you and in your word, and that it has always been effective. And it was still effective today that your word in my mouth is just as powerful as your word in your mouth. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. So let's get right down to it. Is that all right with y'all? There are some things we want to weigh this morning as we are considering prayer and what it means to grapple in the garden. Psalm 8, verses 3 through 5 says this, When I consider the heavens and the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned him with glory and with honor. You need to let that verse minister to you this morning. You need to let it bring you back into alignment with who you are and who God has made you to be. You're not beat down, broken down, busted and disgusted. You're not trashed and you're not discarded. You are God's handiwork. His fingerprint is on you. I don't know about you. But sometimes I start looking at myself and when I think about who God has made us to be, what he's doing in my life, and then I measure myself according to my own measuring stick, I always fall up short. And when I look at his grandeur in creation, the scale of the universe and the detail of who and what he's doing in the earth, I feel like just a dust or a vapor. In fact, Psalm 39 and 5 says certainly man at his best is but a vapor. And don't you know that our life is so short? It comes and it goes like puff of smoke. I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel like the vapor may be fading a little bit. I got a little bit of vapor fade in my beard. It ain't much, but it's white. The body ages. Amen. And sometimes I mess up and I fall short. Is that okay with y'all? No, no, ain't none of y'all ever done that. I see a few people being honest with themselves. A few people, you don't know what to do. Ain't nobody looking at you. It's just me. I'm not going to tell on you. But I think maybe a few of you have messed up. And when you start thinking about God has made me and formed me, but I'm falling short. Isaiah 43 says this, but now, thus says the Lord God who created you, O Jacob. He formed you, O Israel. Fear not. For I have redeemed you, called you by name, you are mine. I come to tell somebody this morning that he has called you by name, that he has redeemed you, he has saved you, he reached down from heaven through his son Jesus, and he made a way for you and him to be reconciled. See, it was not just the 12 that Jesus had in mind when he went to the cross. It was the love he bore for his Father and the Father's love for us that caused him to go step after step, carrying that shameful cross as his lifeblood leaked out behind him. Because God is faithful to his word over us. The promises of God are true and real, and He's faithful to them. But you and I both know that we grapple, that we grapple with what God says about us. We grapple with who He wants to be to us. We grapple to rise to the occasion. There's a contention that happens within us. God, I know what you're saying about me. I read it, but sometimes I just don't believe it. Sometimes I can't see the hand of God at work in my life. Psalm 139 and 4. See, I hope you're receiving this. I'm praying He's ministering to you through His Word. Psalm 139 and 4 says, I will give thanks unto thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Look at your neighbor and say, "I'm I'm wonderfully made. Oh, come on now. I'm wonderfully made. See, see, God made you. Sometimes you got to look in the mirror and you got to tell you to quit lying about you. Because He made you, He formed you, He has brought us together right here at 7700 for His will and for His purposes. He has gathered us. Hmm. Sometimes the evidence in your life, it'll talk to you. And sometimes we come into agreement with it and we say things about ourselves that don't line up with God's Word. You know what? The Word says, let God be true and every man a liar. Sometimes you got to look at yourself and say, let's quit lying. Let's believe what God is doing on the inside of us. 1 Samuel 16 and 7 says that man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. Do you see where we're headed here? When we look with our eyes and our ears in our natural man, we see the circumstances around us. But God is giving us a message from the first verse of the Bible all the way to the end, demonstrated and fulfilled through Christ Jesus. He loves us, He made us, He formed us, and He's up to doing something through us in this earth. Jesus told Nicodemus that flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit so now I don't know about you, but can I just be real with y'all? I uh, hadn't been working out much this summer. Like it all started eating ice cream again. We all know what happens when you do that, right? And I was standing in front of the mirror the other day and I thought, don't know if I'm seeing much of God handi- God's handiwork here. I look a little bit like Greg. And you know, if I shave my beard off, I have a little short chin that I inherited from my mama's side of the family. We call it the buyer's chin. I don't know about you. You ever look in the mirror and you see your mom and daddy and you kind of cringe a little bit? You know what I'm talking about. Well, guess what? Your mom and daddy made your body. But God put his fingerprint on your spirit. When you said those words by faith, Lord Jesus, I believe that you are Savior of the universe. You're my Lord and King, and you died for me. Be my Lord and Savior. You say those words, and he cannonballs into your spirit, and new life explodes into that mold of your spirit that God has formed. Your mom and daddy made your body, but God forms our spirit. Fast forward to Jesus in the garden. The, the unadulterated, unfiltered power and glory of God's eternal redemptive life is pulsing and flowing through Jesus' spirit. That's why when he talks to the storm, the storm calms. And when he casts out demons, they go into a bay of pigs. He spits and makes mud and puts it on the blind man's eyes, and the man grows back eyes. It's it's wonderful. It's magnificent. It's mysterious. It's God's power working through a human being. And yet when he is forced and when he is led into... By the voice of his father, when he's led into the narrow path, the crux, not just a tough decision, the tough decision of all time, eternity past and eternity future was looking in that garden. Is Jesus going to do what his flesh wants to do or is Jesus going to do the will of his father? thank the Lord that Jesus was willing to go to the garden for us, because I know what Jordan would have done. Jordan would have, uh, we said, well, let's pass the cup to somebody else. I don't want the Romans to kill me in this fashion. I don't want my people to turn on me in this fashion. That's what I would have done, but I don't know about you. I'm glad that he went for me and that he made the decision for me. He made a way for me when there didn't seem to be away. And don't you know that when we come into services like today, The Spirit of the Lord is in the place. The Word of the Lord comes and ministers to us. It stirs us up, and we feel the life of God coming through us, the confidence, the boldness, the clear perspective. Don't you know when His presence comes, worries fade away? You weren't worrying about the electric bill 20 minutes ago when the presence of God was in here. It's His presence that heals and brings peace, not just on this campus, but to the nation. I loved what Pastor Kathy said but then you gotta go home then we have to go home and don't you know that I don't know about you but my goodness we have such an amazing worship team here and all you got to do is follow and they'll lead you in But you know, I don't have Ashley and Kresinda at home singing to me as I lay my head on the pillow at night. I surely wish I did not to be weird back there, guys. But I kind of wish if you just called me one time, just sang over the phone, that'd be real nice. I'd appreciate that. We take this new life of Christ, and when we run into the circumstances of our life, there's a grappling that happens. What do we do? What do we do? The tension between the nature of our flesh and God's new life in here, it creates a tension. This one wants its way. This one is trying to show us the way. And it shows up in our emotions. There's a turmoil that can come. What should I do? Where is God? I can't make enough money. Spouse is not paying me attention. My kids won't come home. All the difficulties of life, there's a grappling that happens. Which way will I go? What will I say? What will I do? We have an amazing example that Jesus gave us. Now, here's personally what I believe. I don't believe that Jesus invited his disciples to come with him because their prayers were going to help him get through. We see that if he wanted them to do that, they failed him because they're sleeping. They was eating beef jerky on the way to the garden, and they fell asleep. And Jesus is over here fighting for his life. Sorrowful unto death, the scripture says. I believe that Jesus took his disciples with him to teach them something. And by teaching them, he's teaching us. Are you hearing me? You tracking with me? Tension and teaching. And so then here is what Jesus does. He gives us an example and a pattern. When the tension of your life feels overwhelming to the point you're sorrowful unto death. He's sweating blood. I don't know if you've been under... I ain't never been under that kind of pressure. Now, there's times I thought that, but I had never sweated blood. I had never carried the weight of humanity's sin on my soul. But what do you do? What do you do when you leave here today? You've got the word of the Lord. He came and He spake it, spoke it to us. Yes, yes and amen. What do you do when you walk out that door and the enemy's waiting on the parking lot saying, no, no, no. Do what Jesus did. You go home and you hit your knees. You grab a hold of your altar. I don't care what it is. It might be your recliner, might be your bed, might be a big old stack of shoe boxes in the closet. You grab a hold of that thing, and you say, "I'm going to do what Jesus did. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. I'm not going to let go. I'm going to be honest about the grappling. Now I don't know about you, friend. Sometimes I don't know what to say. Can I be real with you? I don't know what to say. I go to his word and I'll pray what they prayed because they've been where we are. They've experienced it. Jesus experienced it. And so when I don't know what to do, when I don't even don't know what to say, I pray what he said Lord, not my will, but yours be done. The breakthrough that Jesus was looking to provide. His mission hinged on this, that He would stay true to who His Father created Him and ordained Him to be. It was not a matter of power to overcome. It was a matter of sacrifice. If you want your yes and amen, you walk out of there with your head held high and say, I have the voice of the Lord. But when you want to implement it, when you want to implement the yes and amen in your life, focus on this. Lord, how do I sacrifice? How do I give? How do I lay myself down to have your will and not mine? The very middle of the Bible. Psalm 1 and 18, I think, in verse 8, perhaps. Pastor, theologian, doctorate, Pastor Jay, you're supposed to know that stuff on call, man. The very middle verse of the Bible says this, it is better to trust in God than to put confidence in men. That is good preaching right there, Psalms. So I'm encouraging you today, Gate Church, as we leave and we go home and we're carrying the Word of the Lord in our heart. If you don't know what to pray when you're grappling in your garden, go to the Word and pray what you find in the Word. So I'll make it practical for you because I care about that. Do you want to know how you start praying? I'm going to show you. So easy. God... Whatever you say next is prayer. I don't know if you caught that. Let me try it again. I'm going to show you how to pray. God, whatever you say next, you're praying. It's that easy. You start pouring out your pain, pouring out your hurt, pouring out, your, pouring out the doubt. God, I don't see how. I don't want to do this. The yes and amen life is tough sometimes. What should I do? Pour it out, and when you give God pain, He gives you purpose. In this house, we have a mandate to be a people of purpose, a people of destiny, that we rise up under our mother's and father's leadership and we become the sons and daughters that God, before the foundations of the earth, the Scripture says, who He has called us and made us to be. Does that feel all right with you, friend? Now let me help us just a little bit more. We're so almost done. Look at there. Miracles can happen. 20-minute sermon from Jordan Roberts. My Lord Jesus. Here's what we want to do. I want the band to go ahead and come back. And I want you to steal your soul. You can close your eyes if you want to. You can lift your hands gently, but put yourself in a posture to receive. And let's let the Word wash over us. Let's let the Word strengthen us so that we can live out the yes and the amen. Psalm 1 and 16 verses 5 through 9 says this, Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yes, our God is merciful. The Lord preserves the simple. I was brought low and He saved me. Return to your rest, O oh my soul. will not you speak to your soul with me right now and say, Be at rest, soul. Be at rest. My God is merciful. And he's pulled me out of miry clay. For the Lord has dealt bountifully with us. He has delivered our souls from death and our eyes from tears. He's delivered my feet from falling and I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. You look at your neighbor and you point your finger at him in a real nice loving way. And you say, I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. You know what that means? That means that good days are ahead of you. You don't have to die to have God's best. You can have it right here, right now. Heaven's not somewhere we're trying to get to. You're walking around right smack in the middle of it. When you stir up your faith, we begin to see it. He who has eyes to see and ears to hear, let him hear. Psalm 62 verses 5 through 7 says this. My soul waits silently for God alone, for my expectation is from him. He alone, he only is my rock and my salvation. Speak to yourself. I have a rock that I stand on. I have a salvation. He is my defense and I shall not be moved. When you go home and the enemy says no to your yes and amen, you look right back and say, no, I will not be moved because I stand on a rock that is unwavering and unfaltering, the rock of Jesus Christ. My refuge is in God. That psalm is about the Lord's salvation. Psalm 18, 1-3, he says this, I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress. He's my deliverer, my God, and he is my strength in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. And so I shall be saved from my enemies. When you find yourself grappling in the garden and the enemies around you are bearing down on you and the enemies in your head are bearing down on you, pray and call on the name of the Lord and you will be saved from your enemies if we call on the name of the Lord and God does not make a way for us then he is a liar I'm here to tell you friend we have tested and we have tasted and we have seen that he is a God of his word and he watches over it to perform it can you just stand with me church our prayer teams are going to come they're going to be across the front here And there's two people that I want to pray for this morning. The first person, you say, I don't know the Jesus who went into the garden for me. I was here worshiping today, and I felt something. I want to know the God who was here in this room today. It would be our privilege and our honor to introduce you to the King of Kings, Jesus Christ. If that's you here today and you say, I don't know the Lord, I've heard about him. I want to know him for myself. Or maybe I've walked away and it's been a minute since me and Jesus have spent time together. It's been a while since we prayed. It's been a while since I've lived in his yes and amen. If that's you here today and you're looking for Jesus and you say, I need him, raise your hand. Anywhere in the room, you're worth waiting on. You're worth waiting on. Don't miss your moment. Don't miss him. Don't miss him. Don't miss him. Now, here's the second person that I want to pray for today. You say, I know the Lord. I know my Father. And I believe that He is who He says He is. But I'm grappling. There's a promise over my life, and sometimes I struggle to see it. I believe in God. I want to go to the next level. I want to go deeper. I want to go higher in Him. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to get there. I'm grappling with the issues of my life. If that's you here today, we want you to come as the band plays, and we want to pray with you in your garden. We're not going to fall asleep on you. We're going to pray with you, believing that the same God who was faithful to Jesus and walked with Him through the pain of the cross, He's going to walk with you through the grappling that is going on in your life. So close your eyes and raise your hands with me. I'm going to pray over you. Lord, we speak a blessing over your people. We say that they are blessed and not cursed. They are the head and not the tail. They are above and not beneath. And that the God in them is more than enough to carry them through the struggles of their life. And that even when we're in pain, God, I pray that you minister by your presence to each one that we are never alone. I speak it to you in Jesus' name. The presence and the peace of God is meeting you right where you're at. The sweet, tender presence of God is meeting you right where you're at. Now, I'm going to dismiss our service. If you need to go, you can go. But now you listen to me. If you need prayer and you are grappling, don't you walk out that door by yourself. You come down here and you lock arms with a brother and sister in faith and say, God is going to get me through this. We're honored and humbled to pray with you this morning. We love you. Go and be blessed in the name of the Lord.